KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Quick question here. Would you rather have an early start to your day? Would you prefer to have a later start to your day? What what would you what would you like to do, say, if you had a choice to create your own work schedule? I mean, is it required to be eight hours? Could <laughs> could I have both? Start late and end early? I like ending early, but I also can't get up earlier, so. I would be highly motivated if I knew that I were going to end early to get up early, especially this time of year, wrap up the day on the earlier side, take advantage of some warm weather. I could find motivation to to get it together, get out of bed early in the morning if I could end early. I could not. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Zirka. I'm Brian Seltzer. And the Philadelphia School District has taken a stance, at least for the high school students. We'll get to that in a minute because things are going to be changing in Philadelphia's high schools. And of course, it's Friday, so we've got to talk a little bit of theater. I'm excited to tell you about a production that honors the late, great Betty White, Golden Girls, but with a twist. Hmm. Interesting. We also know this area has an incredible beer scene, but a handful of local breweries and brewers are putting their craft towards a great cause. John McDevitt is going to chat about that. Plus, we'll have our sports fan of the week here. But first, we start with a pretty dramatic decision that came down from the Philadelphia School District yesterday, where beginning this fall, they've decided to start the school day for high school students 90 minutes later. Now, KWW's Timmy Menez has been out there getting some reaction to this. One of the 51 schools that will be affected is the academies at Roxborough, which currently starts classes at 7.30 in the morning, like many others. A few of the students I talked to are not happy about starting up an hour and a half later. This 11th grader says she's not concerned about the beginning of the day, but the end of it. Especially coming back at 4? Oh my God, like, no, that's too late. The district says the shift to 9 a.m. has to do with health, improved learning, and safety. The district is setting up online forums for families to talk about the change. They're taking place on Tuesday the 22nd and then the following Monday. I mean, I can't imagine any high school kids complaining about getting to sleep in later. That seems like a good thing for them. What it will disrupt, I have to imagine, is extracurriculars after school. What are sports practices going to do or theater rehearsals that are going to lose an hour? I mean, Brian, you're the parent in the room. What would your perspective be? Like, is that more or less disruptive with the work schedule starting at nine? Well, I can't speak to what it'll be like managing kids who are high school. And this is also going to affect some middle school students as well kids of that age. But something that I started doing that I remember doing when I was in high school was if it just got too late and I was feeling burnout, I would shut it down early, go to sleep, then get up in the morning and start doing some work early in the morning before I went to school. And I actually found that I was more productive when I first got up uh, than I was if I tried to burn the candle at the other end late at night. And that's something I carried with me into college. And I still do sometimes working. So I wonder if it's going to change some habits of some students in the Philadelphia high schools. I feel like you were very much in the minority of high school students. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I can't imagine that that is common, that, that students are willing to go to bed earlier and wake up earlier. I can definitely see where the, the pluses and the minuses of this go in terms of getting kids more rest, but also some kids just want to get out of school at the end of the day, especially on a Friday. And speaking of Friday, you already know what that means as we look toward the weekend. Sabrina, we also have a lot happening in the theater world, too. We always do. Oklahoma is still playing at the Forest Theater, which we talked about last week. So if you want to hear more about that, go back to last Friday's episode. But here's something a little bit different. 
a Golden Girls murder mystery. The Golden Girls murder mystery. That's right. That's what I said. Your face says it all right now, Jay. So I saw this press release about this. My brain went, huh. And then I realized that my friend Dana is actually in it. So I had to get her on a Zoom to chat about it. She plays Blanche. Now, quick note, she had her baby with her during this. The the baby just didn't want to take a nap at a convenient (laughs) time. So there may be some background noise from that. But here is how she describes the experience. You're there basically to get this full experience of the Golden Girls trying to have a murder mystery themed party where they invite a panel of detectives and guests. Obviously, hilarity ensues and we have to figure out who murdered someone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The audience is very inclusive. So they get to also decide who did it, um, what what was the motive, what was the murder weapon. And um, while they're doing that, they also get served drinks and they have dinner. And um, it's a whole experience. It's actually really, really fun. We sing the Golden Girls theme. Everyone gets involved. It's a big thing. How much fun does that sound like? You're solving a murder with the Golden Girls. With the Golden Girls. It's like the Golden Girls meet Scooby-Doo, just kind of having the two of them come together and picturing almost like a creepy version of thank you for being a friend as they're they're trying to search out a murder weapon. Yeah. And so this is by Without a Cue Productions. They do a bunch of different types and themes of murder mysteries. So this is just one of the many. But Dana says that people get particularly into this one. People love it. They get super involved because, you know, everyone knows the Golden Girls. And especially now, I mean, you know, with the passing of Betty White and, you know, there's just that nostalgia and everyone just really, really gets involved. It's so it's just so much fun. And in honor of Betty White, a portion of the ticket sales are going to pause the Philadelphia Animal Welfare Society. So, yeah, I think that's going to bring back a lot of nostalgia and a great Great way to honor her memory. The event is at Craft Hall in Philadelphia running through April 3rd. They also do one out in Ben Salem. That one's been going on for a little bit longer, but you can check out all of Without Accused murder mysteries, including virtual ones, and you could even book your own party. It's all at withoutacue.com. And with it being Friday, that also means it's time to bring in the Philadelphia Sports Fan of the Week. And for that, we welcome in Dave Uram. Now, Dave, who did you talk to this week for Fan of the Week? Jay, today's fan of the week is the ultimate hype man, hype fan, as he puts it himself on Twitter. Uh, it is Monty G of South Philadelphia. This guy, you've, you, I'm sure if you've been to a Philadelphia sporting event, you know, in the parking lots, outside of the stadium, Chickies and Pete's in South Philadelphia, you have seen him. He is just full of energy. Uh, he's got his airbrush shirts. He has his hat with his eagle on it and the wings flap on the eagle. And... The signature thing about Monty, in addition to just his energy and his love for his teams and his love for entertaining fans, is his freestyling. My best one was my Super Bowl thing. It ain't nothing but the Super Bowl, baby. No if ands, or buts, or maybe. Yes, you know we beat Tom Brady. Now the fans in the city, you know we representing. You know we number one, baby, baby. Yeah. Sometime I, I would change it around and um. I'm a 76ers fan because they're the best in the land. Don't say they're not. <laughs> not. <laughs> to the Wells Fargo, everyone, because the Sixers just begun. You know they're hot. <laughs> hot. 
Yeah, let's go. Sixers in the house without a doubt. You know, they represent and they're going to turn them out. Any team coming, you best believe they're going down, my man, because you know they're getting beat. Yeah. Number one, baby, baby. Go Sixers. That's what you call bars. You don't know nothing about that. <laughs> I mean, I respect anyone who can freestyle, so I'm here for it. So Monty's got just this wonderful personality, uh, loves his teams, good Philadelphia sports fan. The thing that makes Monty's story so important, important the keyword, is because Monty's been going through it the past couple of years uh, since the start of the pandemic. Early on in the pandemic, Monty got covid and he got a bad case of COVID. It was like doctors didn't know what was going on and, and things that happened to me they never saw. And it's like right now I just had a surgery in my, my left shoulder again for the second time. And it's like I was like really people thought I was going to go. And I was so afraid because I didn't know what happened until afterwards when people told me what happened to me and how I was on the ventilator and how things were with me and uh, the time and rehab and everything. and. It's like it was really scary for me. I thought I was I was ready to go, and it's like I lost the son before to the street violence and everything. And I thought maybe this is time for me to go up there. My mom and dad is gone, and I'll be up there. My mom and dad and my son, and I'll, I'll go to heaven and I'll be I'll just be out of here. Some, but God blessed me to keep me here, and I'm thankful. I asked Wanda, his girlfriend, you know what got through what got money through this through this. She said. Brandon Graham got him through it. Wow. The Super Bowl winning defensive end from the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Monty and Wanda said Brandon Graham, while Monty was, was sick, really sick, like not, not conscious yet, sent Wanda a video of support for Monty to see once he got up. And Brian Dawkins, Eagles legend Brian Dawkins, Hall of Famer, sent Monty a video, they said. And uh, Wanda said the Eagles also contributed to the GoFundMe that was set up for Monty. It's such an important story because uh, it gives perspective on life, but it also shows the power of sports and what sports can do for somebody who's going through a tough time. Davey Rams, Sports Fan of the Week. You can check that out at kwnewsradio.com slash fans. And as well, to make a submission of yourself or someone you know, Dave Uram, thank you so much for running in here and joining us on this Friday to tell us this amazing story about Monty G. Thanks for having me on the John Cast, guys. Now, coming up, we'll talk with John McDevitt about how you can support Ukraine with beer. Keep it right here with us. We'll be back. I'm Jay. I'm Sabrina. I'm Brian. And support for Ukraine has poured in from all over the world in various forms and substances. Yeah, guys, and this has now become even more relevant because our story begins in the city of Lviv, which is in the western part of Ukraine. And that city was targeted by Russian missiles within the last 24 hours. A brewery there started this Brew for Ukraine movement. And John McDevitt, a great beer man, has been following how local breweries are doing what they can to help the cause. And I wanted to find out from John how this brewery was able to start rallying some of its peers around the world. Yeah, well, the, they have been known. It's, it's called Pravda Brewing in Lviv. And uh, it's in the western section, as, as you mentioned. It, it, it has won awards. It, their beer is known all over uh, the world. And some of the names are a little risque, shall we say. And uh, some that we can't even say here, I don't think. It's the uh, internet. We can say what we want. No, but we appreciate you keeping it PG for the audience out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, so when the war hit, 
the brewery was transformed into a factory for Molotov cocktails. So the Molotov cocktail, uh, they, they um, apparently made thousands and handed them out to like militia and, you know, to, to stop the, uh, the Russian forces, uh, you know, and, and maybe as a form of protection. And, you know, they've been through this before. It's crazy to think that even something like this is really happening. Yeah. I mean, just imagine that, God forbid, something were to happen in the United States or here in Philadelphia and Yards Brewing on Fifth and Spring Garden is turned into a place where weapons could be made to help defend yourself. So the uh, co-owner of that brewery, uh, Pravda, is uh, Yuri Zastampny. He uh, has been having Zoom calls with brewers from around the world that want to help support him. He, uh, his idea was to, if he can't brew beer, to have the beer community around the globe make his recipes and uh, then with the proceeds going to the war effort in the Ukraine and uh, other efforts uh, like relief efforts and things like that. So um, many of these breweries, uh, you know, they're like, of course, and and then they're proud to give it a go. Um, some of them in our area, one of them being Wilmington Brew Works in, in Delaware, they're just starting. So I, I took a visit there. It's a combination of a, a it's a it's a stout, but they're not calling it a Russian stout. They're going to call it a Ukrainian stout, and you know, and when you walk in there, you just smell notes of coffee and and chocolate. And, and they're just doing the boiling process now. And, you know, beer, of course, takes, what, like three weeks to make? They're calling it the Sand Don uh, beer, and that uh, is uh, the two rivers that run through the Ukraine. One is east and west. They're, they're sticking with that one and, and going to, you know, give that a go. For people who have really been following craft beer, especially in the last year or so, on the one hand, you might be aware that there was this whole explosion last May of people within the brewing industry, specifically these craft breweries coming out and talking about some of the nasty things taking place behind the scenes on social media. But then we've also seen instances where breweries from not just here in the United States, but like you said, John, in this case around the world, band together behind a cause. One thing that comes to mind is the Black is Beautiful beer project that really swept through the United States and was picked up in breweries in other countries that came in the aftermath of the social unrest surrounding the murder of George Floyd. And it seems like this is another example of that, that there's a cause, there's a humanitarian crisis, there's a war, and you're seeing some of these breweries come together. I spoke with Craig Wenzel. He's the CEO and head brewer at Wilmington Brew Works. He basically, uh, you know, he said it was a no-brainer. He he saw news uh, uh, clips uh, from the making of the Molotov cocktails, and he wanted to find out more. He logged on and r- saw that this effort was going on, this brew for Ukraine. He said, why not? They're hoping that they're going to raise uh, more than $1,000, uh, like with a dollar a can going to the war effort there, and then they're going to sell it on tap, so hoping to raise more money. So they want to get that there right away. So he has that, you know, almost like $1,000 check ready to go so they get it fast. And then other breweries like uh, Stickman in Royersford, and they have a tasting room in uh, uh, Chester Springs. They are going to do a, a wit beer. But, uh, yeah, so Stickman, uh, uh, Ethan Buckman is the co-owner and head brewer over there. He has uh, Ukrainian roots. He, too, is, uh, you know, just uh, it, it was a no-brainer. You know, these are just two efforts that are going on uh, for this brew for Ukraine. You know, it's it, it, it's very interesting. 
Is there a specific fund that some of the proceeds are going towards? Is it for Ukrainian defense, humanitarian relief? Does it run the gamut? Yeah, it runs the gamut, uh, mainly, though, for the war effort to the army itself. But then there are things like that. There are, but, you know, it, it's amazing. Even like the other breweries that are helping out, they're not doing this brew for Ukraine, but they are doing uh, sales like uh, Attic over in Germantown. Last week, they, 10%, I believe, of food and drink sales went to a relief organization. And there are others, a Love City on Sunday. They're having an event, a bake sale, and then a specialty cocktail and their Unity Beer with you know donations going to uh, another relief organization. So there are a lot of efforts that the the brewers and and you know and beer drinkers are participating in. It's not just this one, the brew for Ukraine, but all sorts of different uh, organizations are benefiting. You mentioned that a brewery like Wilmington Brewworks, they're choosing not to include any references to Russia, especially when it comes to stouts in their line of beers. But that's not the stance that everyone's taking. Um, a lot of people are doing that. You know, another word for Russian and that Russian stout, imperial stout style, um, which I believe has British roots. <laughs> but um, 2SP in Delaware County, in Aston, Delaware County, they uh, have an award-winning, it's called the Russian, and they're not going to change the name. It's a Russian imperial. But 2SP is, is basically, uh, you know, they have been <laughs> brunts of uh, jokes because they're in Delaware County, and Delaware County is, is a great place, and very hardworking folks that live there, and uh, the accent is just wonderful too. I mean, it's world known now. Nobody knew what the heck it was, but <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, two SP uh, basically they don't want to assume the worst in a person just because of where they come from, and uh, it's a play on you know the jokes that they get. And uh, that there are great people in Delaware County, in Russia, Russians all over. I mean, I mean, this our, our Pennsylvania has a bunch of uh, you know the influx of of Russian immigrants and Ukrainian immigrants. And you know, John, that's something that I've been thinking more about over the last couple of weeks, especially with the stories that all you guys, the reporters at KYW News Radio, have been doing, especially the one that you did with the men from Bucks County going back overseas to Ukraine to help assist in some way, shape, or form, or just thinking about the types of beer I might consume, that there is a lot more of that part of the world, whether it's Russia, Ukraine, Eastern Europe, that I was aware of that's in our everyday lives that I really was conscious of before all of this started. Like it's just in some ways to me opening up my eyes more to the aspects of culture in that part of the world or people from that part of the world that we either interact with in our everyday lives, but especially in this region. Yeah, and 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 that whole effort. I mean, you know, love of family, love of country. You know, just the sacrifices. It's like uh, just getting up and doing it. You just have to do it. Which is uh, wow, what a sacrifice. You know. And just to reset, this beer is currently being brewed now, which means that it might be a, little, a couple weeks before people can get it. At Wilmington Brew Works, but we're talking about Stickman. They are uh, next week. It's going to be out in bars. It's going to be at the brewery, the tasting room. Yeah, as early as next week. All right. You heard it from John McDevitt. Drink responsibly to support a good cause. Thanks, John. You're welcome, Brian.
All right. You can find a link to John's story in our show notes. You can also check out our Twitter and the KYW News Radio Instagram for photos and videos that John got while he was touring around some of these breweries. All right, guys. One more thing before we say sayonara for the week. I thought it was really nice, soothing in a way, an opportunity for reflection to hear that Udo haiku from Justin Udo last week. So why don't we run that back and do it again? Justin, take it away. We were talking about some of just the big stories in the world and in our region. And um, this week, we thought it would be best to turn our attention to what locally is going on with Ukraine. And so this is our Udo haiku for the week. A call for freedom from America's birthplace to friends worlds away. A call for freedom from America's birthplace to friends worlds away. An Udo haiku. Fantastic. And so timely and appropriate. What are some of the things, Justin, you've been out and about and covering that inspire this week's haiku? It's it's crazy because it's not just one story. It seems like every few days I'm covering something with Ukraine. And with that, I covered a Temple um, student rally in solidarity last week. I covered our museums and historic sites in Old City, Philadelphia, kind of getting together, standing in solidarity just a, a few days ago to, to announce that their proceeds from this Saturday's admissions will all go to help UNICEF and the children that they're helping in Ukraine. So not just me, but I'm looking just about every day when it's if it's not a national or international reporter doing something for us, our local reporters, we're also doing a lot of things that are about Ukraine, because if you think about it, we have a very big Ukrainian population here in the region. And so people are paying attention. They are aware of what's going on and they are standing in solidarity. You know what just dawned on me? H-A-I-K-U. Haiku is a great Wordle starting word. See, it always comes back to Wordle. <laughs> I, it, they roped me in. They they not only roped you in, they hauled you all the way in. And they, they, they <laughs> we're get we're gonna get start getting Wordle in here. Just if we start doing a Wordle of the week, it'll be, it's gonna be all on Sabrina. She's gonna be the one to have the best Wordle score every week. We want to thank Justin Udo for dropping one of those dope Udo haikus on us. You can follow him on Twitter at Justin Udo to see more of his amazing work. Thank you so much for checking us out this week. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. Have a great weekend, everyone. <laughs>